Welcome to the Future of Medicine podcast, where we believe that feeling great and living a long time is possible and that your healthcare should help you get there. I'm your host, Dr. Aaron Wenzel. My hope is simple, that this show will help you along your journey to becoming the healthiest, strongest, and most powerful version of you possible. Now, let's jump into the show. Hey, everybody. Before we jump into this episode, uh, Jen and I are going to cover probably one of the most important and frequent conversations we have in all of our practice, which is weight loss. Um, In many ways, uh, not much has changed. In other ways, everything has changed. I hope you enjoy the episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Future of Medicine podcast. I am your host, Dr. Aaron Wenzel, joined as always, with the lovely and talented Jen Justice. Hey, Doc. Hey, how How's are you? Good, how are you? I'm super good. Good. It's been a good summer so far. Yep. Um, just got back from the beach. You're so lucky. I know. I'm about to go. Get excited. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is about weight loss. This is going to be our 2023 update on what still is a top one, two, or three conversation <coughs> that we have with all of our members. Oh, yeah. Um, probably we will look back on our career, and this will be the most talked about topic all time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it probably should be. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, especially when you you move weight loss beyond just vanity metrics, um, but more in obesogenic metabolic disease, mm-hmm. fueling the flames of <coughs> diabetes, heart disease, cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, so we feel like uh, it's worth giving our thoughts on this so important topic mm-hmm. um, uh, once a year. And so um, I think I think we, we start this by saying not much has changed in our world. <laughs> right. Um, you know, we kind of, if anything has changed, I would say that our conviction is deeper mm-hmm. and our thinking is clearer on this topic. Wouldn't you say that? Yeah. <clears throat> I, when I uh, look back at our our journey through the the science and the the truth, I guess is the word I would use, because mm-hmm. there's a lot of mistruth out there about weight loss, nutrition, exercise, how they all relate. Um, I think the biggest thing that you and I have come to realize and adopt in our practice and with our members is the idea that eating less and exercising more is really not the answer, and it's the standard answer that's given in a lot of quote-unquote traditional primary care practices because that's all they know really how to do and all the advice they know how to give it doesn't work for everybody Mm -hmm. and this is more as you and i have come to realize in doing the the research is it's a biochemistry issue you know no question um insulin comes into play blood sugar comes into play um and as we've talked about on other podcasts before it's not really it is what you eat, but it's also when mm-hmm. is more important. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I love that we look at this from, uh, we're, we're constantly kind of reevaluating the science behind this. Yeah, I think <coughs> so much of the word diet mm-hmm. conjures, for me, a religiosity. Yeah, it's very indoctrinated. Um, yeah, it's <laughs> like, this is my religion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just feel like as we have navigated this together as professional partners, uh, probably a decade on on this topic, uh, 
there's this settling and peace and clarity that has come over. And as we've further and further stripped away the religion mm-hmm. around diet and really got into what does the science say? And it's, it's in stark contrast really to the universal advice for weight loss, which is eat less, exercise more. Yeah. To be clear, mm-hmm. most people who need to lose significant amount of weight and maintain it long-term will eat less and exercise more. But that can't be the advice as it's that simple. Mm-hmm. Um, it implies, or actually, it it is rooted in this idea that all calories are created equal, mm-hmm. which it's not for this conversation. It's, we've done plenty of talks on nutritional biochemistry, but look, that, that implies that this is a math problem. Mm-hmm. It's just calories in, calories out. And that's just nutritional heresy. Yeah. It's nonsensical. Th- there is math involved in this equation, but this is a biochemistry problem. Mm-hmm. This is a hormonal, a neurohormonal. Yes, calories are in that equation and calories do matter, but they are not the grail. Right. They are not the North Star. They are not the focal point. They may and often are a lever that you pull on. Mm-hmm. But this is far more, you want to break the shackles of struggles with weight, you optimize your hormones. Mm -hmm. This is a hormonal problem, uh, namely insulin, Mm -hmm. insulin resistance, uh, which fuels uh, the fat cell to want to grow. Mm -hmm. Um, When one of the, I remember one time somebody asked me like, hey doc, do you have a diet? (laughs) And I'm like, well, of course I do. Mm-hmm. Like a giraffe has a diet. Like everybody has a diet. But I don't diet. Mm-hmm. I eat to support a lifestyle that is optimal for me. And again, from a totally non-religious standpoint, I eat in a way that is aligned with my goals. Mm-hmm. And for you and I, as we have just explored this concept, we have landed firmly on this concept of a fasted lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And for all of documented human history, for all of humandom, prior to 1900 for sure, you, you didn't have to have this conversation. Because yeah. less than 5% of the world was overweight or obese. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, the only people who were were the highly affluent, the mm-hmm. royalty. Mm-hmm. This is only a 1900s problem, and it really became a problem in 1950 with mass agriculture hitting mm-hmm. scale. Um. And getting people obsessed about calorie counting is a really, really great way to sell boxed carbohydrates that are low calorie. Right. Meanwhile, fueling the flames of of obesity and metabolic Mm -hmm. disease. And we're still, to this day, um, preaching from the pulpit of calories. Mm -hmm. And it saddens me. Yeah. Um, But what we believe is that uh, what you eat is absolutely mission critical. You know, the, the, the source of your calories, the types of calories that you're eating, where are you sourcing these things? But the, the thing that we have been firmly on now for a while is that wh- when you eat, we believe is more important than what you eat. Mm-hmm. Not by like a landslide, but like in pecking order. Mm-hmm. There's been a shift at the top. Yeah. We just believe that the more time you can spend in a 24-hour window not consuming any calories, the better off you will be in your health journey. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that? Oh, yeah, 100%. And I think the, you know, when we, 
<clears throat> meet with our members and we teach them this way, you know, um, it is difficult in the beginning until they get adapted to that. Um, but you and I both know having done this and adopted it now, it becomes easier over time. You see results quickly, you gain momentum. You want to just keep, you know, doing the thing that produced the results and it's, it's just worth it and you feel better. Um, you know, the, the end result is awesome. Yeah, we've been able to document pretty clearly mm-hmm. um, predictable second and third order consequences mm-hmm. from a fasted lifestyle, like decision fatigue, yep. like like demystifying. Like there's all of these things that are extra benefits. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of weight loss, which this is really the focus point of this piece of content, it really should be the underpinning of any strategic approach to a life of a controlled weight, a healthy relationship with food, it should start with not what, because there's too much religion around what, Mm -hmm. but get very clear on when is the best time for you to eat. Mm -hmm. And for most people, uh, a 12 to 18 hour everyday window makes a ton of sense. And some people, 12 is all they need, 12 Mm -hmm. is all they can tolerate, but that's a huge shift Mm -hmm. from, you know, grabbing a snack at 11 before you go to bed and up at five stuffing your face Mm -hmm. and eating all through the day and snacking. And it covers the multitude of sins when you stop consuming a lot of calories. Yeah. uh, uh, By not eating that often. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So I think the, the, the main take home point here is that this is weight loss still matters. It is probably, arguably, the most common conversation we have. So our our time in residence in this topic is really countless hours, mm-hmm. um, ca- countless thousands of conversations. We believe it matters, and we believe that the single greatest move most people could make is adopting a fasted lifestyle and figuring out what that means for them as a unique individual. Yes. Right? 100%. Cool. The second topic here, uh, which we have created individually tons of content around are the two most underrated uh, influencers uh, of the weight journey, and that is sleep and alcohol. Mm -hmm. Jen, talk to me about sleep. Well, I think, you know, as you and and I have talked before, I'm a champion sleeper, love it. All time best. Big fan. Um, I do track my sleep, so I have- I don't know why, it's always near 100. I know. Um, I, uh, have an aura ring and then I recently got a whoop. So I really like both of those. Um, and they, and they match really consistently for me, which is good. Um, but so better than 90 every night. Yeah. Um, you know, I've gotten zero 90 scores. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but people really underestimate the asleep effect of sleep on weight loss. And, you know, as you've mentioned, we've done content on this before, but recovery you know, I used to look at recovery as like, oh, you're just taking a day off from mm-hmm. the gym. You're resting your muscles. You're you're doing some active things like walking, and that's considered quote-unquote recovery. But really, the main component of recovery is sleep and no question. allowing your body to have that rest period to, to regenerate. Um, and there's a couple things that, that really, from a weight loss perspective, when it comes to sleep can neg- negatively impact that. And one of them is eating too close to bedtime. Yep. Um, I really try to, you know, my husband and I eat 
fairly early for supper. We're usually done by 6, 6.30, but then the food gets cut off. Um, and if I do happen to be, like let's say we go out to dinner on date night, we eat a little later than usual, my sleep scores will be different. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it affects my uh, resting heart rate and it affects my heart rate variability oh, yeah. on my tracker. So, you know, those those type of things. And then obviously if you don't get enough sleep, you're in this chronic state of fatigue. Mm-hmm. You know, how many times do we meet with members who are sleeping four or five hours a night and they think that's enough? It's actually rare to find someone who's like, oh yeah, no doc, I, of all the things I want to work on, I got sleep covered. Yeah. That's <laughs> they don't. Um, I, I don't know that I've ever had <clears throat> that told to me. Yeah. Maybe I have one or two times. Yeah. And we see it in their blood work. So a lot of times we'll detect underlying insulin resistance. We'll see elevated insulin levels, elevated hemoglobin A1Cs, triglycerides, all the things that point us to my, you know, their, their bodies in this like constant stress level, mm-hmm. stress uh, response. And um, it's really hard to mobilize fat and lose weight when you don't get enough sleep. No, it, it, uh, some science recently, and I'll try to link to this study uh, in the show notes, but there was, um, I don't know, it's probably 10 years now, there was a study that came out where they looked at first-year surgical interns. So these are pretty healthy 20-somethings mm-hmm. who go into their surgical intern year, which is the first year of residency. And when they're on the surgical ward uh, for a 30-day rotation, they did their blood work before and after the 30 days. And it was stunning what they found that just 30 days of sleep deprivation, um, you know, these are documented for those that are just listening and not watching, I'm air quoting, documented 80-hour work limits. Mm -hmm. I mean, anybody who's been through a surgical residency will tell you, I mean, they may only report 80 hours, <laughs> yeah. but like, let's be clear. Yeah. It was 100 plus. Mm. That's a boatload of work. Mm-hmm. Um, and not a lot of sleep. High stress, no sleep, no recovery. Um, the amount of those young men and women who became documentably, verifiably insulin resistant was unbelievable. Wow. So that's just 30 days. Mm-hmm. You know, when we start talking about uh, decades of high output, high stress, very under recovered over time, and within 30 days, you're already insulin resistant. The connection between sleep deprivation and metabolic disease is clear. We, we do talk a lot about um, sleep. We've just finished a series about, you know, how to move, how to recover, and how to feed your body, mm-hmm. that all meaningful progress in one's health journey typically falls in one of those three buckets. So don't sleep on sleep for a number of reasons, but the weight journey, it's probably not enough to unlock you yeah. if there are other things. Um, it's, it's an important but variable. But it is a big red X on the map that says dig here if you struggle with the weight journey. Yeah. Um, the second is alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have created so much content around this and I, it's a deep conviction for me because I think it is, it is underestimated in some ways. It is paid attention to in other ways, but as I dig into that, it's for the wrong reasons. It tends to be purely, oh yeah, no, I get it, doc, empty calories. Yeah, 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 no. Again, calories, mm-hmm. they matter, 
but that's not the big reason. The big reason is that alcohol is a toxin. Alcohol mm -hmm. gets processed by the liver and the liver is your metabolic fat, sugar engine. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is constantly making sugar, processing triglycerides, processing, dumping, recycling, cholesterol. It's, it is the, it is the epicenter mm -hmm. of the, the kind of the metabolic engine. And when alcohol's on board, all of that shuts down. Mm -hmm. And it diverts all of its machinery to prioritize eliminating the toxin through the liver. And it leaves your lipid profile and sugar um, metabolism to just kind of go. Whew. Oh, boy. Yeah. And so, and it takes hours and hours and hours and hours to process an ounce of alcohol. Mm -hmm. um, and so if you're doing that and not eating, it, 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 anyway, it's in the background. If you struggle with weight or you have an objective to improve or optimize your weight journey and you consume any alcohol other than a couple of drinks a year. I mean, if you're not that person, you're either, you know, I don't drink or I rarely drink. Okay, maybe this conversation isn't for you. You check that box. Mm -hmm. But if weekly you're consuming some amount of alcohol, it deserves being audited. Mm -hmm. And we talk about audit your alcohol intake. It's a major player. I think the other big thing with alcohol is the delivery system. You know, <laughs> I, you know, if I partake in alcohol, I'm, I am that person that doesn't drink that often. But uh, it's usually in something sweet. Yes. Something sugary. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there are obviously lower calorie options, but, uh, you know, you go out to a Mexican restaurant and have a margarita. That's not. You don't like margaritas. No, though. I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> um, and a lot of times we're drinking them close to bedtime. So that yep. impacts your sleep. So it's all connected. It definitely impacts. Um, and it's seductive in the sense that it helps you relax and it feels mm -hmm. very clear that you're more prepared for sleep, which debatably you are. The problem is falling asleep and staying asleep are different physiology. Mm -hmm. And it may help land the plane and prep for sleep. But one, two, three hours after you fall asleep, it is devastating to your deep sleep. Yeah. I know for me personally, when I have um, any alcohol within two hours of going to bed, my heart rate mm -hmm. variability is like, nothing yeah. like it flatlines mm -hmm. my deep sleep i have some nights where i'll get in the single digit of minutes mm -hmm. in an hour and in, in a eight nine hour and how do you feel the next day you know i i will tell you transparently when it happens from time to time i'm able to rally and I, i'm not super impacted but i also am very aware of it which then because i'm looking at real-time data i also change behaviors and i don't do it again <laughs> right I think I think where this gets interesting, and and is underestimated is when you don't have eyes on it, mm -hmm. you you don't get any feedback, and if you don't get the feedback, you just experience what you experience, and you could it could be a big blind spot, mm -hmm. um, which is why we love this kind of dating and reporting. It, it's a built-in accountability mm -hmm. for behavior change. Yeah. Oh wow, when I eat, I can change the way I eat and I sleep better, mm -hmm. and and you do that without very little energy because mm -hmm. you're getting a score. Yeah. And you want to do better. Mm -hmm. um, so alcohol, definitely because of its effect at the level of the liver. Alcohol, definitely because it tends to live with sugary mm -hmm. um, mixers. 
And to a lesser degree, it lessens your inhibition and you're more likely to keep munching on chips and mm-hmm. other things because your your defense mechanisms are down just a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then it really impacts deep sleep. Yeah. Um, almost makes it impossible mm-hmm. to get. For sure. Um, the third section uh, on our 2023 weight loss update is ironically we're ending with where most people start. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about exercise, Jen. Um, well, this one personally, I've really had to change my view on because I was one of those people that felt like uh, exercise was the place to start from, again, a calorie burning perspective. Oh, yeah. And I That's think. what you were told to do. Yeah. And I, I, yes, I was told to eat less and exercise more. Okay. And if so, all calories are the same and it's just a math problem, mm-hmm. get to burning. Get to burning. Um, but what I've learned from working with you this, you know, past 25 years that we've been work married is that. Oh, um, it's not that long. <laughs> eight. Is it feels that way. I know. This is multi-layered for me because the other component of it is if I did, quote unquote, eat badly or go off my plan, exercise was the very next thing I did to undo that. And so one of the things you hear and that I've learned from you is you can't outrun your mouth. And so um, I now have adopted this active lifestyle within my limitations of my um, pain and, and hip issue that I have to really look at it as what can I do to stay active that I like to do? Mm-hmm. How can I build consistency into my life around physical activity and really focus more on strength training and, and building my muscle mass? So those three things for me have really helped change my kind of view on exercise. Um, Not just view, but your relationship with yeah, it. Yeah, it's a really, you know, I've really worked hard this, this past, you know, year and a half I've lost 50 pounds. I've, you know, really worked on my relationship with food, mm-hmm. um, n- you know, uh, healed that in a way um, as best I can. No, there's no question you have. Yeah. I mean, I've been sitting front row of the whole thing. Yeah. It's uh, been it's been hard, but it's been worth it. <laughs> yeah, but you do hard things. Yeah. I think And that's you. something that you've learned about yourself mm-hmm. is that you're not only capable, but you're designed to do hard things. Yeah. And, and that's something that you had to learn about yourself, and I've been mm-hmm. able to witness that with you. And it's so amazing to be able to watch your journey. You know, exercise for me has never been a problem. Mm-hmm. Like you played I, sports in high school. I was an athlete. Yeah. Like, yeah. my safe place was the gym with the guys. Mm-hmm. Like, it, under stress, I'd go to the gym. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, so, so my journey with fitness is totally different but to watch your journey with fitness and to keep beating that drum like that's the way you're going to lose weight and then you would injure yourself and then you'd go backwards and then you go back to your unhealthy relationship with food Mm -hmm. which was toxic and it hurt you Mm -hmm. felt good in the short term but it was hurting you to see you completely unwind this thing distill it down to the things that matter the most fixing the way you fed yourself you already had the sleep thing all time guru Mm -hmm. don't drink a lot you already don't drink a lot (laughs) um so you you have so much going for you yet weight was one of your primary areas of opportunity for improving of Mm -hmm. your health yet it was eluding you 
And so much of it was linked to this eat less, exercise more. Mm -hmm. And it's not that exercise is bad. It's just it's not the gateway to weight loss. Right. What you have, I've witnessed from you is that you now have infused in who you are as Gen Justice. You're someone who works out. Mm -hmm. And you are getting many needs met at the gym. One of them is, is a multiplier. And this is where I love fitness for a weight loss journey. It's a multiplier for someone who has already fixed the way they feed themselves. Mm -hmm. They're already recovering. Turns out when you work out, you recover even better. Yeah. Because your physical outlay of energy matches your mental outlay of energy at the end of the day and you go to sleep like a teenager mm -hmm. and you do. It's helped you, um, it's multiplied your weight loss. It's allowed you to achieve I mean, you've shared with me details that like you have m achieved things in your journey that have eluded you for multiple decades. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there's, we're not done. <laughs> we're still going and it's not coming back and learning that that's the old me. Yeah, it's, it's really been remarkable. So I love fitness for a multiplier of already, an already effort filled strategic dietary focus um, I, because it multiplies those efforts and mm -hmm. helps you. And and the beautiful thing is by the time you achieve your goal or, or are approaching your goal, you already have the very behaviors in place, namely exercise, mm -hmm. that is the all-time best defense. Yeah. It's not a great offensive strategy. No. It's fantastic defense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think for me, and, you know, we, we everybody knows that's a – avid listener of the podcast that we share our fitness data on our apple watches which still makes me crack up but <laughs> um you know on sunday when aaron wenzel is running and i wanted to take a day off and i'm like crap now i've got to go to the gym because he's working out it's which you is know unnecessary. no days off all gas no breaks here we go yeah and even if i just show up and do a little walk i showed up you know it's it's um it's been a really fun ride and fi I found my person that helps me love him to death. He's, he pushes me even yeah. when I don't want to be pushed. We're constantly leveling up. You're talking about your trainer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But we're, but we're also, you know, he knows when to back off if I'm mm -hmm. in pain or I need a, a lighter day, but always looking for ways to challenge me to build my confidence. And that's what I really love too. No, your story inspires me and I know it inspires many. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, you're a really special person and this is a really, um, it's a special journey that you've been on, um, especially on this topic. I mean, that's mm -hmm. what we're talking about is the weight journey. And then like, this is one thing that eluded you when I first met mm -hmm. you and you've been systematically chiseling away and architecting how you're going to play the back half. Yeah. It's going like, to be the best half. Second half, Jen <laughs> is like, I cannot wait. Mm -hmm. Um, well, and for you too, like I've noticed, you know, you used to lift a lot more than you do now. And yeah. I think you have found a really healthy rhythm with your exercise routine mm -hmm. of something you can do every single day yep. that's manageable for you, that relieves your stress, that gets you outside. I mean, there's lots of benefits to the exercise plan that you have for yourself. Yeah, I do. And we've talked about different types of recovery. I just, I rarely take, um, a passive recovery day, like mm -hmm. sitting on the couch. I do a lot of active recovery. So even on days where I'm not trained, <laughs> I know you know. <laughs> um, there, there are benefits far beyond my fitness plan. I, I actually don't have any current fitness objectives. Mm -hmm. 
I, I, don't, I don't know what my next goal is. It's far more performance driven yeah. as opposed to vanity metrics, as mm-hmm. I always call it. I don't have like a body fat percentage I'm going for. or right. I'm looking more for performance metrics, speed, explosiveness, like those kind of things intrigue me, mm-hmm. the inner athlete in me. Even as I approach 50 and I have young boys, I'm like, I want to go run, run hundreds. Mm-hmm. I want to do broad jumps and I want to do pull-ups and I want to do... Um, how fast can we get a two mile down, mm-hmm. um, you know, or a 200 split? Like I want to do all of these things because they're challenging and unique and they're also fun and I can build a relationship around it too. Mm-hmm. But um, I think our members are surprised, you know, if they, when they come in for their annual physicals and they haven't seen you in a while. And they're yep. like, Aaron, what are you doing? Like you're in the gym, you're working out like six days a week. You're like, no, two. Yeah. Lifting two, you I, know, I, running I'm the rest. Do- like I'm doing exactly what I tell you all to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't overthink it. I'm a practitioner in, uh, I'm a chef who eats my my cooking, yeah. you know. Um, and I, I certainly don't have the market cornered on truth or perfection. I it, It's a journey. I'm trying to figure it out. You know, I have a family. I have a business. I, I also have my own health I have to navigate. And mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure that out myself. And I love being able to do things like this and share my wins, my losses. Here's what's working. Here's what works for other people. Um, I really love being able to share your uh, wins and your losses because I think it. I think it matters. I, I think. I think people need to know they're not alone. Mm-hmm. I think people need to know that it's not calories in, calories out, and eat less and exercise more. And I think. I think people need to hear as well that you can enjoy this journey. That's one of the biggest lessons for me. Is it was always torturous before always like oh i've had a good day or a bad day or i gotta get back on track and it was you know to me now my health journey is really understanding that it needs constant focus it needs constant attention you know one of my family members asked if i was going to work out on vacation when we go in a, in a couple of weeks and i said yeah and she said well you know every time i go on vacation i have the best intentions and i never work out and i said mm-hmm. well you know, we went on a cruise in September. I worked out every day. It was great. I had the gym to myself. I was overlooking the ocean. Like, it was awesome. Mm-hmm. And she said, but you're so motivated. I said, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. I'm consistent. I said, there's a big difference. Oh, yeah. And it's hard. But, you know, just enjoying it now for me and, and adopting it as this is who I am is is really been a, a huge revelation. I love that so much. Yeah. Um, it's And I'm not done. By all means, my it's goodness, rarely, I don't think you're ever done. <laughs> no. Well, that, that's from the, the, the life is rarely about the goal. Mm-hmm. This is the infinite game. It really is. Health is the infinite game. It's about who we become along the way, using our goals and milestones as the horizon to guide our decision making. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, like caring about your health never ends. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Caring about your spouse never ends. Caring about your children. Mm-hmm. Like these are infinite concepts, not finite. Mm-hmm. They end when you end. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't ever arrive. That's the punchline. Mm-hmm. No one ever arrives. It, it's about who are you becoming along the way? Who are you touching? Who are you helping? And um, separating that from this weird, dogmatic, religious, toxic struggle with how I can't, um, I can't lose weight. Yeah, um, it's so freeing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you are experiencing the freedom that comes from being a disciplined, consistent person. Mm-hmm. And 
that creates the motivation. Yeah. But the motivation is a lagging finding. Yes. It comes as the, t- it's the breeze that comes after the jet has blown by, mm-hmm. right? It, 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 it's, it's a consequence of what you've already put into motion. It's not the thing that gets you in motion. Right. Motivation is a pep rally. It's fleeting. It's coming down from church camp. It's a couple of days of woo. And then it's like back in the mm-hmm. rut. If you see anyone in life who's consistently enjoying the rewards from doing hard work, the consistency isn't what got them there. It's the discipline and the commitment to doing the hard things every day when no one's looking. And it it gets easier later because you get to enjoy. It's like a flywheel. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, it compounds compounds. Another great episode, a really important topic. Thank you for being so willing to share your story. Thank you for being my biggest cheerleader. (laughs) I'm so grateful for you. Yeah, feel the same. (laughs) We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. I want to thank you so much for your attention. Listen, I don't take it for granted. It means the absolute world to me. You can find out more about today's episode at brentwoodmd.com forward slash podcast. There you'll find the show notes, all the related links to this episode, and tons of other resources. If you haven't already subscribed, please do so. And if you've already subscribed, then it would mean so much to me if you left a review. If you think we'd be a good fit to work together, or you would just simply like to know more about the concierge services that I provide my private clients, email us at membership at brentwoodmd.com. And now for the obligatory disclaimer, this podcast is for general information only and does not constitute the practice of medicine or the giving of medical advice as no doctor patient relationship has been formed. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should seek the advice of their own medical professional providers.